Good morning. Happy Thanksgiving. And I thank Anna for that. As she mentioned, my mother passed away this week. And uh, I'm very, very grateful to be uh, in this community and to be able to do this with you today. And it's just given me uh, such an uh, opportunity to, of something purposeful and I think meaningful to uh, honoring her memory and her influence in my life. And so I just thank you for joining me in that today. And so with that in mind, uh, and I'll talk about, a little bit more about that throughout my, my lesson today, but it will not certainly be the focus of it. I would like to invite you to just, as I sound our gong, to, to settle into the silence. And I would invite you as well, as well as for myself, um, to just notice your breathing. Let the breath be a bit deeper and to access into that, that grounding of the truth of our being that eternal presence that we are, that we have been before time. So what I know and invite you to know with me in this moment, my invitation is to allow my words to be your words, or perhaps just the energetic of what is unfolding here and now. But I recognize that there's a power and a presence, a principle of life, a vibration of the Most High that is in and through and as all of life. And so beautifully available and no more perfectly available than within our own consciousness. And so I speak these words in celebration of that and recognition of that and knowing that that which is important for me to be mindful of in this moment as I turn to a higher authority in my own knowing that it will be made clear and obvious. And so I stand this day in celebration of our beautiful teaching, one life, one power, perfect life. That life is spirit, that life is God, that life is principle, that life is mind with a capital M, reality with a capital R. It is that beautiful, beautiful stream of creativity, opportunity that each and every one of us can step into. That is our choice. That is our knowing. And so I just give thanks this day for our, our beautiful facility, our beautiful teaching, our beautiful community of love. And I'm so grateful on a day, significant day for myself personally to be immersed in that unconditional love and support. For this, I give thanks. I release these words. And now I'm going to invite you to sing in this very room with me. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit, is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room.
Beautiful. See, it works either way we do it. You know, I was reading a, um, an article this week, and it, the, the question was, why did the Israelites wander the desert for 40 years? And, and the answer that was in the article said, well, number one, they didn't have GPS available at that time. And number two, it's just a, an, a, an example that even then, men were unwilling to stop and ask directions. <laughs> and I think that is true to this day. Although I ask directions all the time. I'm always, let's pull over and ask. So that has never been an identity I've been married to. So once again, happy Thanksgiving weekend. I'm so grateful to be here, as I mentioned, and uh, you know, significant weekend for me, and I'm so grateful to be, to be a part of this community at a time when it's uh, such a, a, a passing, a, you know, a significant, uh, you know, when your mother passes, um, it's just, uh, there's, uh, there's an energy around it, and there are times when I'm great, and then there's times when all of a sudden someone will say something, and then, you know, the... The, the wave of emotion will move through me. And I'm so grateful to know that it's okay to feel that. And it, it, it many times leaves as, as uh, frequently as it, uh, it comes. But today I really want to talk and, and honor, um, uh, I think, and I'm very, very uh, uh, passionate about a, a book that has come into my awareness uh, some time ago, but that I've, I've finally uh, realized that uh, now is the time. And it's, it looks like this. We have copies in our bookstore. It's called The Hope by Andrew Harvey. And its, it's subtitle is A Guide to Sacred Activism. Because I believe what's happening on the planet right now is a call to sacred activism. And so when I talk about that, I'm going to use this book for uh, probably at least two months. And we will revisit it throughout, I think, 2017 as well. Because I think there's some things in there to, that can inform us as, as, uh, as seekers on this uh, um, path of discovery and revelation and transformation. So last week we talked about affirmative prayer, which is in our Science of Mind textbook, and it was coupled with this, this chapter 17, um, mental and, and scientific mental treatment, which is affirmative prayer. So we looked at it from the aspects of three things, what it is, what it does, and the way or the practice. And what Dr. Holmes talks about in that, to touch on it briefly, is that, to remind us, is that what it is, <clears throat> is a state of being. So the idea that we, we step into a state of being first and foremost, it's not about doing anything, but it's a way of being. And then it's what it does, well, it opens us to our natural state of being, which is abundance and health and happiness and all the, a lot of the, the qualities of the infinite. And then the third one is the way or the practice, and the first thing he says there is we must turn away from the conditions, which is so, so impactful and so difficult to do at times. So what's the bigger knowing for me? What's the more interesting idea where I can pour my consciousness and my devotion into it? In the chapter 11 of our textbook, Dr. Holmes says treatment or affirmative prayer is for the purpose of inducing an inner realization of perfection in the mentality of the practitioner. We have two practitioners, we have several practitioners in the front row today, but, but and I thank you ladies, I thank Elaine Warwick and, and Sandra Gibbs for holding the high watch of consciousness here. But what they are there is dwelling upon this idea of perfection in their own minds, which radiates out and, and blesses all of us. And it's an inner realization acting through mind with a capital M operating through the patient, which means the mind of God, the mind of source. So prayer puts us in communication with the divine and in turn our divine selves. So something awakens in us if we're doing it as, as prescribed and recommended by Dr. Holmes. It can ground us in the divine in clarity in how we move and, and act next. It can inform our activity. And the next step is to take that information, that guidance that we receive and that we gain from the groundedness and the connectedness found in affirmative prayer, 
and let it move us into sacred activism. So it's a beautiful tie-in for what Andrew Harvey has to say in this amazing book, The Hope. Marion Woodman, wonderful Jung, Jungian therapist, author, we sh uh, had this to say. She said, healing depends on listening with the inner ear. Healing depends on listening with the inner ear. Stopping at the incessant bladder and listening. Fear keeps us chattering, fear that wells up from the past. Fear of blurting out what we really fear, fear of future repercussions. It is our very fear of the future that distorts the now that could lead to a different future if we dared to be whole in the present. So this is what fear does. It pulls us out of the moment. It pulls us out of ourselves, that, that, that sacred place of being. And we know that. I think we've all had that experience. So what affirmative prayer can do is it can transform us into healing, healing machines in a sense. When we are the presence, then there's a difference that takes place in our relationships and in our life. It moves us away from fear and it, it moves us into divine action. So what I want to do with this hope today is, is give you a bit of the Coles Note version. We're going to drill down deeper into it because there's many, many wonderful practices in it and ideas and illustrations and stories. But I want to just uh, illustrate and, and speak to this idea of how this ties in so beautifully with what Dr. Holmes was talking about and how it is truly our opportunity to become more of a, of a spiritual act, a sacred activist upon this planet. And on this day of Thanksgiving, we'll talk about one of the practices of the 10. At the beginning of the book, he talks about 10 practices that we can do today. Many of them we're familiar with, but I want to just share with one today because it's so appropriate for our Thanksgiving weekend here in Canada. So I invite you to just simply relax and and absorb or soak in this, the idea of possibility and what's before us. So in The Hope by Andrew Harvey, he begins at the, at the initial stages of the book, quoting Robert Kennedy. Kennedy said this, he said, each time a person stands up for an ideal or acts to improve the lot of others, or strikes out against injustice, he or she sends out a tiny ripple of hope, and crossing each other from a million different centers of energy and daring, those ripples build a current that can sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance. So he speaks there about the value and the connectedness of life and how even the smallest acts done from a consciousness of love can make a tremendous difference. And all of the great teachers have said that. Mother Teresa says, none of us do great things, but we can all do small things with great love. We see it throughout New Thought ancient wisdom teachings. Probably everyone that we could study would in some way align with that idea. So it's really about the consciousness that we are operating from. And one of the ways we duplicate the nature of God is through that love. So when we take a stand in affirmative prayer in a calm, expectant manner, as Dr. Holmes says and what, what it is, in a calm, expectant manner with an expected consciousness of reality, we align ourselves with our divine nature and turn away from the condition. He talks, the practice is to turn away from the condition which can allow us to sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance, to tie in with what Dr. Uh, uh, Robert Kennedy said. To, it allows us to sweep down the mightiest walls of oppression and resistance. Dr. Holmes says the answer to the prayer is in the prayer. In other words, that he understands the feeling tone, the consciousness we pray from is the answer. Because what will happen is by right of uh, the way the infinite works, it will, will, will draw that experience into our lives. So it's about duplicating the nature of that which we wish to experience. And this is really, really challenging because the sense is he has some practices in here which I'll share next week. One is called the cool practices. 
Because as one of the traps we fall into is we see the injustice out in the world and then we get angry and we want to fight it and we want to defeat it. And in, in the anger and the wanting to defeat it, we step right back into the consciousness of the very thing that we're fighting against. So the paradox is how can we stand in the calm, expectant manner and understand who and what I am and the presence of the infinite here in individualized form. I have a choice each moment as things happen to choose how I will respond to whatever it may be. That's tough work. Especially when we, our lives could be such a soap opera for so many years. And how do we unravel that? But this is what sacred activism is. See, it doesn't require us to a knee-jerk reaction. As Dr. Holmes used to say, it's not about doing something first, it's about being something first. And so we must listen and, and be in a vibrational harmony to the divine and to the already established knowing that what we are seeking is already seeking, bless you, is already seeking us and available to us. Affirmative prayer is not about effort, but rather opening, shifting, and lifting ourselves through specific practices to welcome, nurture, and allow something different. So in the hope, Andrew Harvey invites us to step into a new identity when he writes this. To take the next step in our evolution, to explore and grow in our capacity to become sacred activists. To not only participate in the preservation of humanity, but in what Harvey and many other in the mystics of all traditions believe to be the humbling and amazing transfiguration it is destined for. What we are being asked to do is not to fix the existing system. We're not asked to do that. He says, but to radically transform it so we no longer, by our choices, threaten our lives and the lives of millions of species. And we can only do this by radically transforming ourselves. But it's so much easier to point fingers and blame. Isn't that? Look at, I mean, there's, we got these great models. Uh, I'm not going to name names. But there is an election going on right now, okay? And, it, and it's, so, it's so tempting. Some of them are just tempting us not to love them, if you know what I mean. You know what I mean. And we love them. Doesn't mean we support them. Doesn't mean we like the behavior. But let's not stop loving them. Because they're God in there too. So I pray that the vision of sacred activism, Harvey continues, I pray that the, sacred, the vision of sacred activism will give you the vision and the hope that will enable you to go through danger and difficulty with a tender heart. Go through all of it with a tender heart. Because when we understand who we are, it's like, oh, but I'm so glad that I have not given up my tender heart. A peaceful mind, an increasing loving and supple body, a passionate, restless hunger to do all you can do to preserve her humanity and animal life on this planet and hope it will inspire you to help bring forth a new humanity and a new world. This is the, this is the motto of our movement, Centers for Spiritual Living, a world that works for everyone. And we nurture it and it is a huge big ideal. We don't have to fix it all today, but what can I do to be part of that and align with that possibility? This is the sacred activism. It's being so grounded in the truth of our being that nothing takes us off. Our, our devotion and commitment you know, I got to tell you, my mom was in this talk all week, you know, just with me. You know, I, I'm so grateful for all the healing work and forgiveness work that, that she has done and I have done so that when she made her transition, there was such this beautiful recognition of, man, oh, love you, love you back. You know, there was no, nothing in my heart that felt like, oh, this was incomplete or not said, which 20 years ago, I wouldn't have said that, you know, you know, 20 years ago, I would have had to take out a loan, a student loan, to do all the therapy I needed to work it through. 
But in, on this journey, I was able to do that and, 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 and purify it and say, man, oh man, she gave me everything she could. And I see it. So there's a story in the beginning of this book I think is quite significant, and, and Harvey talks about how it sets up the whole tone of this. So it's a short story, but I want to share it with you. And it begins, it's called The Beggar. The beggar had been begging for days in a small, dusty town without much success. And then suddenly he saw in the distance the golden chariot of the king appear. Sweet. He started to dance for joy because his hopes rose high and he believed that all dark days would soon be over. The king would throw him alms and wealth would gleam all around him in the dust. You know, fantasy, magical thinking, but here we go, right? The king, however, confounded all of his expectations by stopping the chariot and asking the beggar the most outrageous question. What have you got to give me? Huh? Wait a minute. The beggar thought this is some kind of incomprehensible, even mad joke. What could he, a beggar, have to give to the one who had everything? Gingerly, with some reluctance and a little stunned, the beggar took one tiny grain of corn out of his small bag he always carried with him to munch on, and he gave it to the king. When at the day's end he came to to empty his bag out on the floor of his hut, he found to his great surprise that one of the grains of corn had turned to gold. And the beggar wept and wished that he had had the heart and the passion and the wisdom to give the king everything. Harvey says the reason this story is so significant and suited to our times is that it points to how the divine will rescue ourselves from ourselves. It will not rescue us by some dramatic intervention that is a childish fantasy. The divine will not intervene in such a way because it has something far more wonderful to give us than what we think we want and need. Isn't that interesting? What is offered us is our truest and most transformed selves. Our hearts and our minds and our bodies increasingly turn to gold. Through the joy of putting love into action, the joy of giving everything away for love, in love as part of love. Giving everything away in love. I mean, to stand in that, quite beautiful. Dr. Holmes says on, in chapter 11, he says, it should be understood that we can demonstrate in spite of ourselves. In spite of all weakness, in despite of all fear, in spite of all that is within us, because such is the power of truth. See, we don't have to wait till we get to a certain point in our spiritual evolution to apply these principles. So he's saying, don't wait until, you know, I'll, well, one more prayer, we'll do it. One more class, we'll do it. One more Sunday service, we'll do it. You don't need to. You can start now. We wait only, as Holmes said, this is what we wait for. We wait for our awakened thought. Awakened thought. So that becomes our welcome. What's my next awakened thought? Make it simple. The law, which means that aspect of the creative process that always says yes to whatever we give it, the law is neither good nor bad. The law is and responds. The law just says yes. That's why it's called the law. It cannot discern. It does not choose. We are, we are its master. So the practice that I want to share with you today. In the, in the first part of the book, Harvey talks about 10 practices that we can start with today. And, and I'm not going to go into the 10 today, but I'm going to invite you to just bask in this one practice that on this day of Thanksgiving, this day of harvest, this day of spending time with families and loved ones, is so vital and important, and it's Thanksgiving. 
And so what he says is to write down one thing that makes you feel grateful to be alive today. I mean, I'm sure we can find more than one. You know, but I've been working with this stuff. I have my little book right here. I've been writing for a while, but I write them down. But what one thing, and, and the beauty of this, the way he articulates this makes it so, I think, significant. He says, it could be as simple as the taste of the bagel you had for breakfast or the sight of squirrels playing in the park or witnessing the snow melting on the streets as we leave here. You know? Get a small notebook and make the, the commitment to continue writing down one thing every day that lights you up in joy. What activates your joy? That's your choice, my choice. And at the end of the month, sit down and read the list out loud slowly to yourself. Well, I've got to tell you, I've been reading it all along. I'm not through my month yet. And you will discover, I love this piece, you will discover that it reminds you how blessed you are to be alive in a world of ordinary wonders. Ordinary wonders. Just to look at the world with, with the eyes of seeing the ordinary wonders. And you'll discover, too, that it awakens in you a passion for life and a hunger to want to preserve and protect it. See, when we, when we realize everything is an ordinary wonder, everything is sacred, then why would we act in any way not to preserve it? Part two of the hope, the guide to sacred activism, is the illumined hope. Illumined because it's likened to the sun. There's greater light. Harvey writes of the five flames of the sun of hope. The hope that will guide us out of darkness and distress as being like a sun with five flames bursting from it. And each flame is both peaceful and a passionate power. It's a peaceful and passionate power of this hope. Experiencing each separately and then all five together in the whole sun will give you great strength, courage, stamina and compassion and a profound inner energy that the difficulties and dangers of working to change the world cannot defeat. It keeps us going. It grounds us in our being. It's being so clear about it and devoted to it that it grounds us in our being and it activates and strengthens. It strengthens us in courage and stamina, compassion and a profound inner energy that the difficulties and dangers of working to change the world cannot defeat. Peaceful and yet passionate. Which takes us back to, to Dr. Ernest Holmes, who said in 1926, a calm, expectant manner with a deep inner consciousness of reality. They're saying the same thing. They're just saying it, you know, 75 years apart. Truth is truth. Isn't that fascinating? I mean, Dr. Holmes was such a genius in, his, in that, that consciousness he wrote from. Dr. Holmes continues, the possibility of demonstrating, of, of shifting conditions does not depend on environment, conditions, location, personality, or opportunity. None of that. It depends solely upon our belief and our acceptance and our willingness to comply with the law through all good comes. Through the law, all good comes to us and everything else. As illustrated in the story of the beggar that I just shared with you and the kernel of corn. I mean, it's an example as the teacher Jesus said, as we give, so we shall receive. And here's the beggar weeping because he didn't give all the court to the king. He gave what he could at the time, which is exactly what the law tells us. That which we give, we get back. Several months back, I shared a video of the Dancing in the Flames by Marian Woodman. And she's a remarkable woman, young and analyst. She flew to Europe to work with the, the best of the best to do her own work. And I have four short quote, quotes today that fit nicely in our, our state of willingness. Marion says this first. She says, for the perfectionist who has trained herself to do, 
Simply being sounds like a euphemism for nothingness or to cease to exist. So many of us are over-identified with the sense of having something to do. Something to do, something to do. When in fact, Dr. Holmes will say, and every teacher I've had in this teaching says, first it's to be. Oh, you think you have to do something. It's first to be. Marion Woodman, for the perfectionist who has trained herself to do, simply being sounds like a euphemism for nothingness or to cease to exist. She also shares, if we do not know ourselves, we cannot stand to our own truth and are, therefore, in constant danger of invasion by others. If we don't know ourselves, someone comes along and makes accusations, it's so easy to lose ourselves. I mean, we all do it. We see it all over the world. So it's so important for us to know ourselves that all is well, to live in that calm manner, understand peaceful, passionate. I care deeply about this. I care so much I'm not going to get upset, but I'm going to ground myself in my spiritual practice. The next one, she says, is all escapes. For her, her journey, why she traveled so far and found the right teachers for her, she said, all my escapes were cut off. I had to move into my own silence and find out who was in there. It's the hardest journey of all. Who's in there? Where are these thoughts coming from? What's alive within me that continues to impress upon the law the same ideas that are producing the same results that may or may not work for me? But when we understand it, we have a better chance of shifting it and changing it. And the last one, so as long as we're not in contact with our own potential, we are vulnerable to being controlled by others. As long as we are not in contact with our own potential, we are vulnerable to being controlled by others. How many people here want to be controlled by others? Show of hands. Of course not. Of course not. So wonderful things to ponder. What a brilliant woman. What a gift. I'm so grateful on this day of Thanksgiving for Marion Woodman. I mean, here's a woman. At the time she came along, for a woman to think this way? Come on. Let's burn her at the stake. We'll fix her. Oh, no, that would have been 500 years earlier. God bless her. I'm kidding. I'm I'm not burning anybody at the stake. But I mean, that could have been the mindset. And part three of the book is about the seven laws of sacred activism that we're going to look at over this period of time with this this amazing piece of literature and tied in with the beautiful teaching, the science of mind, that it follows humbly. If we follow this activism humbly, it will lead to divine consciousness in our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our bodies. So what we're doing is turning away from the, we're turning away from the condition as Dr. Holmes recommends, to our hearts, our minds, our bodies, and our souls, to our own consciousness. It will lead to each of us and in society as a whole to a new level of divine blessing, compassion, harmony, and justice, protecting and nurturing all of us in divine grace. That's it, to live in that. Ralph Waldo Emerson, one of Dr. Holmes' early influences, In general, every evil to which we do not succumb is a benefactor. Every evil that we do not succumb is a benefactor. To not have to resist it, to not have to fight it, to not have to defeat it, but to realize that's not for me. To have the discernment, the spiritual discernment, that's not for me. I can go down that path, but no, not today. I turn to a higher authority. I turn my my awareness and my attention away from that condition. Shauna Nyquist said this, love this. On this day of Thanksgiving... We have such great, great teachers on the planet, don't we? I want a life that sizzles and pops and makes me laugh out loud. Yep, the bus will be pulling up after service. We're going to sizzle and pop and laugh out loud. 
I want to sleep hard on clean, clean white sheets and throw parties and eat ripe tomatoes and read books so good they make me jump up and down. And I want my every day to make God belly laugh, glad that he gave life to someone who loves the gift. I'm so glad that God gave life to me and that I can be someone that is so grateful for the gift. So why is this social activism so important, you may ask yourself. Because life should be filled with laughter. First and foremost, it should be filled with laughter. But also because there's some serious work to do. We all have serious work to do. Healing ourselves and humanity, good, sound, spiritual work that blesses everyone. And for that, we all, we all need to be coming from a good, solid foundation of self-love. Of self-love. Of courage and strength and a compassionate heart. These things do not come from dwelling in shame. We must dwell in love. As much and as often as we can, we must do our daily practice and accept our own goodness and power. Marion Woodman, once again, continuing to do pioneering sacred work in a world as crazy and painful as ours without constantly grounding yourself in a sacred practice would be like running into a forest fire dressed in only a paper tutu. So whether or not you are called to be a healer for humanity or just a small slice of it, you will need to realize the combination of strength, grace, love, and joy that go into making an effective human being. Our product here is very hard to measure. But what we're about here is is helping one another and ourselves become effective human beings. So as the winds of change blow across our field of awareness, we can never forget who we are and whose we are. All of the raw material and potential for those things resides within you and I and have been an essential part of all of us since before time began. We've always had it. And, you never, and we never lose them. We can never lose them. We can forget them. We can get called, you know, we can fall asleep from time to time. So I urge you, my darlings, to remember. Remember who and what you are. Remember that you are never defined by what you do. Never defined by what you do. Only by what you are. That's what Dr. Holmes was talking about. That's what Andrew Harvey's addressing. And that you are the best of this or any other universe. You are the best of this and any, any other universe. It is time to act in it. It is time to take our spirituality into the world in an even more pronounced way. Not converting, not condemning, but by being that which Holmes and Harvey are talking about. A calm, expectant manner. Peaceful and passionate. Bishop Stephen Charlton said this, you are a child of innocence, born to wander all your days. Do not believe it to be a gift that you lost somewhere along the way. We haven't lost it, it's not too late. As if the hurts you've done or that were done to you could steal its light from the center of your soul, because it can't. But we can make up a story that says it can. Innocence is not the absence of pain. Innocence is not the absence of pain. So important to hear this. 
but the ability to face truth as an adult while still seeing with the eyes of a child. Innocence is hope. It is a vision. It is love. God grant that each of us, for all the darkness we have endured, will always have the grace of innocence, the belief that what is to come will be better than what has been. So, what I would offer you today in conclusion of all this is what we see around us is a call. All around us is a call. A wake-up call to sacred activism right where we are in a world at times that can look chaotic and hopeless. We can be a midwife of a new consciousness and possibility. We can each day and eventually with consistent devotion and practice, we can each moment be an ambassador of a ripple of hope a sacred activist, sending out a tiny ripple of awakened thought and partnering with millions of other ripples of hope because we're not alone in this. As Dr. Holmes said, in a calm manner with an expectancy of reality, or as, as Andrew Harvey said, describing the five rays of the sun of hope, each flame is both a peaceful and passionate power of this hope. Our tiny ripple is a kernel of corn that we can give generously back to source for all that has been given to us. How appropriate on this day of Thanksgiving. Given from a calm manner, a peaceful and passionate manner, an awakened thought is our tiny ripple of hope and in concert with our brothers and sisters, our collective ripples of hope can help birth a current that will sweep down the mightiest walls of opposition and resistance. It can start today it can start right now. So I invite you to open your heart and your mind, take a deep breath, and let's just pray. Let's pray on this for a minute. As our musicians come up to our platform, I stand on this day of thanksgiving and great gratitude for these beautiful words, for this beautiful book that has come into my awareness that I can speak from, that aligns so beautifully with our sacred tradition, the science of mind and truth authored by Dr. Ernest Holmes. We bless Andrew Harvey in this, understanding that our life, God's life, is one life. And so I know what's alive in me this day as I practice my thanksgiving. I look at the ordinary wonders in my world. What is mine to do this day? What can I put down? What kernel can I give back to source in appreciation and love, opportunity and creativity? Where am I blocking the flow of life within myself? And how can I be that peaceful and passionate spiritual, sacred activist that goes about dismantling whatever it may be that restricts the flow of life in and through in me. I just give thanks. I give thanks for this beautiful day to look upon this planet, to make the devotion and commitment to myself this day to see the ordinary wonders wherever I look. This is my practice. I and I impress upon this infinite divine intelligence within me that should I forget, should I wander, to just simply bring me back to my devotion this day, practicing this every day, whether it be for five minutes, five seconds, or five hours. But this is a worthy and good and powerful activity. So in the blessings of this day, in the ordinary wonders, I give thanks, knowing that as I partner with spirit, as I live and move and have my being from the truth of my being, that which is mine to wonder upon becomes obvious and clear, and it shifts and changes me at the depths of my being knowing this is my mind to love, to protect, and to preserve. 
So this I give thanks for and invite you to say with me, and so it is. Blessings.